You're listening to a People of Note podcast, as heard on Classic 1027. Good evening and welcome to People of Note on Classic 1027 with me, Richard Koch. This program is broadcast every Sunday from 6 to 8. And in it, we talk to someone who is a person of note and listen to music of their choice. Tonight, however, is slightly different because I'm talking to a person of note, but we're going to listen to music of other people's choices because uh, Bridget Harrison, who's my guest tonight, is one of the representatives of the Associated Board of the Royal Schools of Music in South Africa. So first, I'm going to greet you. Good evening. Hello, Richard. It's lovely to be here with you. It's wonderful to talk to you. And I'm talking to you where, Bridget? Do you know, Richard, I'm not in KZN. I'm actually in the Eastern Cape in the very southern part of the Drakensberg, where I've spent most of lockdown. Where exactly? In a little village called Rhodes. I know Rhodes well. Well, what a nice place to spend lockdown. It's been absolutely fabulous, Richard. It really has. And the wonderful thing about moving online is we can base ourselves anywhere. And um, I've been able to come away to a holiday house that we have here. How fantastic. But the reason that I'm talking to you is because you are one of the representatives of the Associated Board of the Royal Schools of Music in South Africa, of which there are how many? There are three of us, Richard. Uh, We have Meg Twyford and Gauteng. She also looks after Botswana and Swaziland and Jill Ashler in the Western Cape. And you look after the rest? I look after the rest, which is absolutely fabulous. Uh, my region includes the Northern Cape, Eastern Cape, Free State, Lesotho and KZN. And just explain for our listeners what the Associated Board of the Royal Schools of Music is. What ABRSM is, Richard, uh, what people tend to forget is there are four colleges in the UK where you can go and continue with your music studies. The amazing thing is that they offer music exams throughout the world as well to people who want to do a graded exam. And so it's a combination. That's where the associated board comes in, is uh, they work Um, in association with those music colleges in the UK, but offer exams throughout the world, almost, if I can say, like a correspondence kind of a situation. And the four colleges are the Royal College of Music, the Royal Academy of Music, the Royal Scottish Academy, and then what's the fourth one? The Royal Northern College of Music in Manchester. Okay, I thought it might be. And there were, at one time, there were very strong South African connections with Manchester. There probably still are. Um, Quite a lot of young South Africans have been studying at the Royal Northern College, particularly string players. And these exams, um, which are run by the Associated Board, happen all over South Africa, do they? They really do, Richard. Um, What happens, particularly with my region, is our examiners go on a road trip. So this is something that they can volunteer for, and we tend to have the more adventurous examiners because in many countries they don't get to have a car or travel. But when they come to South Africa, uh, we hire a car for them, and they literally drive themselves to all the different centres where the exams take place. So we, we, we can literally go wherever there are exams, 
um, we have a criteria that there must be a minimum of three hours of examining time. So any town where there is one music teacher or perhaps a group that get together and together they have more than three hours of examining time, we will be able to come to you. N not always, um, but we certainly will consider it. Now, this is a very interesting story because the person who originally got all the colleges together was a man called Alexander Mackenzie. And so we're going to play a concert overture by him. Uh, it's called a concert overture. He was at the Royal Scottish Academy and then he came down or went down south to the Royal College of Music and he was the first person to get the colleges to work together. So here's the concert overture by Alexander Mackenzie. That was the concert overture by Alexander Mackenzie, who in 1889 got the colleges together in the United Kingdom to work together on an examination system. And I think it was not long after that, Bridget, Bridget Harrison is my guest in People of Note, that South Africa applied for someone to come here and examine music students. You know, Richard, I think it's an amazing story because South Africa was the first country where they offered exams outside of the UK. And so there is definitely a very strong connection uh, with South Africa and ABRSM. So the first time they came out to South Africa, they were invited by the University of the Cape of Good Hope. And that was in 1892. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so there were obviously uh, music students studying and wanting to be examined in those days. And if you think that was before the University of Cape Town Music Department even started, which was only sort of in the 1910s somewhere, 1914 or third, I don't know when it was, but somewhere around there. So there must have been lots of music activity going on even before that, which is really fascinating. Well, it's also important to remember that everybody was coming to Kimberley where the diamonds were. And I think that's probably where the real connection came in, is that South Africa had really been put on the map in that sense. And um, of course, we visit Kimberley every year and we hold exams there. And it's quite fascinating. Our examiners, they, they love to visit the big hole and, you know, you're, you're really immersed in some of the early history in South Africa right there. So at that time, we had a lot of people coming out from all over the world and obviously wanted to continue with music. One of the important things is they wanted to ensure that they were keeping up with the standards back home. And, you know, that's something that remains to this day. The other thing is that they were inviting completely neutral people to come and examine. So the examiners were coming from the UK uh, and they were spending time examining and this still takes place now where where they had no uh, prior idea of what to anticipate. And you know what it's like when you're examining, you want to assess someone um, without any kind of bias at all. And that's important to this day that we get examiners coming out who don't know the names of the schools or the teachers or the towns, they simply listen to the candidates and assess the music that is played for them in that exam. And what we're going to do now is to hear one of those students. Classic 1027. 
I'm talking now to Majila Piwe Ngumba, who is a young man from St. John's College. Majila Apiwe, you are a pianist and you were doing which grade of the Associated Board? Currently, I'm doing grade six, but um, the piece that I submitted for ABRCM was a grade four piece. And you have been studying the piano for how long now? I've been studying the piano for seven years now. And always with the same teacher? Um, Previously, I was at St. Dunstan's College and my teacher there was Mrs. Angela Kamara-Laba, who migrated to Australia now. I recently came to St. John's to start grade eight in 2019. And who is teaching you at the moment? Currently, my teacher is Mr. Cameron Upchurch. Very good. And are you a, a very keen musician? Do you also do other things? Do you sing in a choir or play another instrument? Um, yes, I sing in the choir. Um, there's two choirs at St. John's. There's the um, general choir and there's a scholar choir, which is um, more technically advanced. And I'm also a member of the school orchestras. Um, I play as a second instrument. I play violin and I also assist by playing viola at times. Oh, fantastic. So you're a, a sort of wide-ranging musician, which is excellent. And are you are you hoping to make this a career or is it just a hobby? To be quite honest, I'm not really sure um, what I want to do with my music career. Um, at this point, I want to just keep working hard. And if life takes me there, I will pursue a career. But at the moment, I'm just, I want to enjoy good. myself. And are you good at all your academic subjects as well? Yes, I do consider myself an academic. Um, yes, I do perform well at school. Good. So you don't have to be modest about it. It sounds very good. And so just tell us the piece that you're playing. The piece that I submitted for the ABRCM High Scores Global Concert was Quilla for Caitlin, which was a, um African-inspired jazz piece. And that's what we're going to hear in a moment. But I just want to tell our listeners also, because they uh, obviously this is a radio, so there's no picture to go with it. But in the picture uh, that came with it, the recording we used, you were wearing a, a, a special sort of shawl over your shoulder. Just tell us about that. Okay, yes. Um, in the piece I submitted, I wore a shawl over my shoulder, and that shawl um, represented my culture. And because I chose a piece that was close to my heart, and that represented South Africa, I thought that I could incorporate um, a bit of my Kosa culture within um, my submission piece. And um, I thought that was a great idea. And I was highly advised by my teacher to do so. So here comes Quella for Caitlin. It's played by Majila Piwe Ngumba. That was one of the students who recently did exams and actually um, he, he's been doing ongoing exams. He's reached grade six, as you heard him say, and uh, he's not sure whether he's going to make music a career or not. And I think um, I'm talking to Bridget Harrison, who's my guest in People of Note. I guess many or most of the people who do these music exams are not going to become professional musicians, Bridget. You're absolutely right, Richard. But music is such a wonderful thing to be able to learn. It's an incredible skill to learn. And we have many students that, yes, unfortunately, they won't pursue a career in music. But 
as you and I both know, they will continue to play. It's something you can keep with you all the way through your life. And so it's a wonderful thing to encourage people to take exams and to develop their skill with music. And, of course, to develop disciplines and lifestyle and all that, because music in in many ways is is a discipline and you have to practice and organize your time and all of that. Uh, and so it's a very good discipline uh, anyway for life. That's so true, Richard. You know, I, I'm also a piano teacher myself, and I've often thought we we teach content, but quite often we are teaching other things at the same time. And music brings in a lot of different life skills, discipline, perseverance. It also builds a lot of confidence in students because when you're a musician, people expect you to perform. And so that is another skill is often musicians and young students at school, they're put on stage, they have to play an assembly perhaps. And that is all developing a, a wonderful confidence. Now, just give us an idea, if you know the answer to this question, how many students do exams, say, in any given cycle in South Africa, roughly? In South Africa, throughout the year, we have two sessions a year. Um, we have a few thousand that, that do exams. So we have, we have thousands of exams that take place uh, between the three regions. Oh, so it's, it's quite a lot of people who do this. It's, it's far more than anyone ever thinks, yeah. Richard. And, and one of the things we're doing, we, I think le we're going to listen now to a couple of performances by various young people, which I will announce in a moment. And then I want to talk about the Global High Scorers concert, because all the people that we're hearing tonight uh, will be uh, or have been appearing in a High Scorers concert. So we're going to listen to three short performances now by Taylor Wilson, Ntomi Kayisa Maposa, and Clarice Peterson. Well, there we heard three young people performing in what was called a Global High Scorers concert. Perhaps you can explain that to us, Bridget. Well, you know, Richard, this has been a real story from 2020 and the situation we all found ourselves in. It actually began uh, in India, funnily enough, where our representative there was going to do a physical high scorers concert. And it was right at the start of the year. Of course, that moved online. And the moment it went online, it suddenly became possible for all of us to enter students to take part. So it's one of those things, it never kind of meant to happen, if I can say that, but it's evolved and, and developed. It's been an amazing opportunity for us to really to really get an idea of just how international we are. And it's been a, a space that we can bring these students together. And are they more advanced students or not necessarily? Absolutely, they are advanced students. So the high scorers concerts are arranged by the representatives of ABRSM. Uh, it, we don't have to arrange them, but we have the choice to do so. And the students who have done particularly well are invited to take part. So not only do the students that you listen to, um, they've all achieved a distinction for their exam, but they've achieved a very high distinction. So the South African students that took part uh, were around, 
um, 140 is kind of, that's the mark that they, they were around. So our exams are out of 150. And a distinction mark is anything between 130 and 150. Okay, so that's what all these students are that we're hearing tonight. And it's not often, I have to say, that we have young people playing on this program. I mean, really young people. Some of these are probably still in their early teens or even younger, are they? Some of them are in, in senior primary school, Richard. So you're absolutely right. Uh, we have some very young students playing. And I think in the program today, we the oldest one has begun his first year at university. So definitely some lovely young musicians to listen to. Well, and the one person you talked about who's starting at university is Matthew Perry. So we're going to hear Matthew Perry now. Classic 1027. The next person to play on the program is a young saxophonist uh, called Matthew Perry. Matthew, where are you studying? At the moment, I am studying at Nelson Mandela University in Port Elizabeth. My first year in BMAS. And is saxophone your main instrument? Yes, the alto saxophone is my main instrument, but for my second instrument module, I'm also doing double bass. Ah, two useful instruments. So are you foreseeing perhaps a, a career in in light music, jazz or something? What, what are you looking forward to? I would hope to one day. Classical music is definitely my focus, but unfortunately with COVID and orchestras being closed, I have to look more into light music and jazz for now. Yeah, unfortunately, there's not a huge... I think there's a growing market for classical saxophone, but it's still not big. Unfortunately. <laughs> and where where can one study classical saxophone? Do you, you can do it here, obviously, in PE, but then do you need to go abroad? I'm thinking of someone like Matthew Lombard, who's, who's done very well on mm. saxophone. Uh, would you study abroad? Yes, I would, I would love to study abroad, but <laughs> I think... I, I would love to go study at Stellenbosch, but we'll see how, how, the, how the years go from now. You're still at the beginning of your studying career. That is correct. <laughs> and, and just tell me a little bit about uh, the exam that you did, because this, this is part of the ABRSM Global High Scorers concert. Just w which grade did you do, or did you do a licentiate? So with ABRSM, I decided to do the ARSM. So... It's the Associate of Royal School of Music, but for them, it's more like the bridging exam between the grade 8 and the ATCL, if we were now speaking in terms of Trinity. So this is more focused on the performance than it is on the technical, um, for example, like the, um, like the scales and the oral. So this is, they want to, when I spoke to Bridget Harris, they said they want to focus more on the playing side um, because... They want to offer more of a suitable um, syllabus for people who struggle with their scales, so to speak, if I understand yeah, correctly. Yeah. But, I th but actually, interestingly enough, if, you, if you're going to play uh, on the lighter side and jazz, you really need to know your scales on the saxophone so that you can slot into any, any key that's going at the time. Oh, that's very true. Yeah. And, and tell me, the piece that you play here, uh, a canzonetta by Pierre Ney, can you tell us something about that before we hear it? So, canzonetta was a piece that was introduced to me by my teacher, Paul Richard. Um, and 
funny enough, we, we had a debate whether of this being out of origin a clarinet piece or a saxophone piece, but um, it's still unclear to both of us. Um, Casaneta is a very light dance, that's um, what he explained to me. Um, so to keep it light in the articulation but not too short was, uh, was one of the biggest goals for me when I played it. Um, and I enjoyed playing it. It's very free, it's very open. Yeah, I enjoyed well, it. Here it comes. This is the Canzonetta by the French composer Pierre Ney, and it's played by Matthew Perry, who is studying at the Nelson Mandela University in Port Elizabeth. That was the saxophone player Matthew Perry, who is one of the people who performed in the Associated Board of the Royal Schools of Music Global High Scorers Concert. I'm speaking to Bridget Harrison, who is one of three representatives in South Africa of the Associated Board of the Royal, School of, Royal Schools of Music. She's at the moment based in Rhodes in the Cape. Oh, what are you, Eastern Cape, is it now? Or is the it Eastern Cape, yeah. Not Southern KZN, it's Eastern Cape. Definitely the Eastern Cape, Richard. And were you there over winter? Because I know it gets cold in winter. Do you know, I was here in, in, in winter, and we had one of the coldest winters that anyone could remember. Most of the mornings began at minus 10. <laughs> so it, 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 it was quite an experience, let me tell you. And did you have some snow? We only had two days of snow. Uh, there was snow all around us in, in the mountains, but in the village itself, uh, we, we just had two days of snow. But it's good weather for practicing, I guess. Richard, it's been fabulous weather for practicing. Sadly, I don't have a piano with me here, but I do have a really lovely keyboard, and I've definitely been able to play. I have a friend here who plays the cello, um, a delightful man in his 80s, and so we have been able to play together, which which I think everybody can relate to. You know, there's something about physically being able to uh, play music together that is very different to this online world yeah. that we're having to encounter. Yeah. Maybe you should encourage him to do an ABRSM exam. I, I, I am trying, Richard. We might do one of the ensemble exams. Okay, we're going to listen to uh, four other students now. Um, uh, no, three other students Elizabeth van Niekerk, Trigve uh, Nissen, and Grace Bagula. And then I want you to talk to me about ensemble exams, because that's rather different from sitting by yourself doing something. But here come three short pieces uh, by those students. You heard three young musicians there who are part of the Associated Board of the Royal Schools of Music Global High Scorers Concert. Elizabeth van Niekerk, Trigve Nissen and Grace Bagula. They were playing a sostenuto by Chopin, and then two pieces by Schubert Stentchen and Frühlingsglauber. I'm speaking to Bridget Harrison, who is one of three representatives of the Associated Board of the Royal Schools of Music in South Africa. And just before we heard those three students, she was talking about ensemble exams. Now, this is something rather different from individual exams. Just tell us a bit about that. You know, Richard, many people aren't aware of the exams that we hold other than the graded exams. And you're quite right, to do an assessment or an exam in a group, it's very different to doing it as an individual. And I, I, I really feel that um, that we should explore these more. So the ensemble exam, we don't have many entries, 
Um, it's essentially a group of between two and ten that can enter. And you have to be of a certain level. So for the primary ensemble exam, uh, the level required of the players is a grade four to five. So you already have to be fairly accomplished in your ability before you can consider entering those ensemble exams. But certainly for the students that are, are heading into the higher grades, um, they are a wonderful exam to take part in. But you also have larger groups, because one of the groups we're going to play in a moment is a wind ensemble. So there must be rather more people in that ensemble, perhaps. You know, that that is not actually an ensemble exam. That was, in fact, a diploma in direction. Oh, I see. So there are other uh, things as well. Yes, absolutely. So one, once you've done your grade eight, there are three routes that you can go down, um, either performance, direction or teaching. And there we offer a diploma that, that you have to do them chronologically. So you can do a diploma thereafter, a licentiate. And the last one which we offer is a fellowship. So what we will listen to now is actually a diploma in direction. Um, Russell Scott is the conductor here. And I actually spoke to him about this. And I said to him, why did you enter, you know? But I think for all of us in music, it's always lovely to have a goal to work towards and to be challenged slightly differently. And also, it's important to always keep learning, you know. And I think with these exams, so often people think that they are geared towards young students. But in reality, we have a lot of adults who also enter our exams and, and even teachers who are wanting to develop their skills and further their qualifications. And that's obviously what Russell was doing because he directs the KZN Wind Ensemble and that's what we're going to hear now. That was Russell Scott directing the KZN Wind Ensemble and this is part of the examinations which have taken place in South Africa. He was doing a, a direction examination as a conductor of a wind ensemble. So there are many different aspects of music which are covered by the Associated Board. Bridget, is it all classical music or is there a, a different genre as well? Or different genres? Yes. You know, Richard, um, ABRSM, I always feel that they give a very holistic approach to music education. So whenever you enter an exam, let's say a graded exam, students are required to play. We, we have three lists and they must choose a piece from each list. But each list covers a different genre of music. Um, so your list A is very early music. It may be Bach. In your list B, you might find Beethoven. And in your list C, it is the more modern music. So uh, there you might find some jazz pieces. That is the list and the section where you will find more modern music. The other exams that we also offer are, of course, the jazz exams. And that is much more contemporary. And obviously that would test different skills as well, perhaps skills in improvisation or reading chord charts or wh whatever it involves. But, but there are different skills required for these different examinations also. There definitely are different skills required for all the exams, yes, Richard. Now, the next person we're going to hear playing is a young man from the Western Cape called Cuden Blau. And 
I know because I've had him play with me in one of the Starlight Classics concerts. He he played uh, with the orchestra, and uh, he did extremely well. And I know that he's also played uh, a concerto recently with the Cape Town Philharmonic Orchestra, the on, one of their online concertos, and he was playing a Beethoven concerto. So he's now at a different level, although he's still quite young, I think. Classic. 1027. Cuden Blau. Do you live in Cape Town, actually? Yes, I, I live in Cape Town. Okay, and your instrument is the piano. And, well, maybe yes. you play other instruments as well, but certainly instrument is your uh, piano is your main instrument. Yes, correct. I play the violin as well, but piano is my main instrument. Very good. And recently you've done something with the Cape Town Philharmonic Orchestra. Tell us about that. Yes, so... Um, the event was um, not online. It was an actual concert where I played with an orchestra, but um, it was an arrangement only for um, about five or six members of the orchestra, and um, uh, I played a, a piano concerto. So it was very, it was very nice to play. Was it a Beethoven piano concerto? Yes, it was Beethoven's um, piano concerto number two. Okay, well that's a good experience for you. And how old are you now, Kuden? I'm sixteen. Well, that's a very special experience for you as a 16-year-old to play, even if it is with a, a string quintet or a sextet, uh, yes. because it's fantastic experience for you. Is yes. this is this it's something? My first time playing a full concerto as well. So okay, well that's that fantastic. Nice. Congratulations! And obviously, <laughs> you played in this this high scorers concert too. Um, uh, how did? Just tell me how that happened. Did you do an exam for the Associated Board? Uh, yes, I did my grade eight, um, my grade eight exam, and um, I got ninety-eight percent. So therefore, um, I was able to play in the high scorers concert, which happened uh, um, about six months ago. Okay, so the ninety-eight percent represents certainly a distinction, I'm sure. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> well, that's very good. And when did you start playing the piano? Uh, I started playing when I was about eight years old. And I took lessons at my school. So you've made rapid progress because you're now, it's only eight years later and you're already playing a concerto with the orchestra and you've done your grade eight final exam, which is quite something. Who is your teacher? Uh, my teacher is Shane Goodall. Very good. And are there other students as good as you or are you the champion? Um, I don't know. <laughs> you mean... Um, <laughs> no, I mean with um, Shane Goodall. I don't know. Okay, I think so. I yeah. hope so. <laughs> <laughs> but you are certainly his his star pupil by the sound of it, which is fantastic. Yes, and um, I think music in the Western Cape is doing pretty well. I mean, when we hear of young people like you doing as well as you are, that must mean there are other people like you as well. I mean, maybe not doing as well as you, but but equally good at what they do, maybe on another instrument. Yes, there's there's lots of talent in the in South Africa. Yeah. And, and yeah. Yeah, and it was shown up obviously at this high scorers concert on which you appeared. So if people yes. want to hear is that concert with the Cape Town Philharmonic Orchestra still online? Uh unfortunately it's not online anymore. So there there's actually no way to listen to it at the moment. But have you got some YouTube videos? Uh yes, I do. I have a YouTube channel and it's called Cuden Blau on YouTube. Just spell that for us. Q-D-E-N and surname B-L-A-A-U-W 
There you go. Q-den Blau. Q-D-E-N-B-L-A-A-U-W. And you can hear and see Q-den online. So we're going to listen to him now uh, playing in the High Scorers concert. Here we go. Kuden Blau was the young musician there. He's from the Western Cape, and he was playing Voix by Debussy. I'm talking to Bridget Harrison, who is in Rhodes in the Eastern Cape, uh, but she is locked down there, or has been locked down there. Uh, and the reason I'm talking to her is that she is one of the representatives of the Associated Board of the Royal Schools of Music in South Africa, and they recently had a global high scorers concert. And my next question to you, Bridget, is was South Africa well represented in this high scorers concert? Richard, we were so well represented. And I have a, a very big smile on my face um, because I think we can all be incredibly proud of these students, but not only of them, of our teachers and all of our music students. So one of the things that I've noticed over the years is our examiners always comment on the very high standard of music that they find in South Africa. And I think that's really hit home with this concert. Um, Sonia Khan in India, who, who coordinated the entire event, she also commented to me almost every time I spoke to her at just how amazing the South African students were. I also know it was very difficult for her to choose. We have had 17 of our students taking part. And, um, you yeah, know, we, we really have been well represented. And as you travel around, because I guess since you cover quite a large area, do you travel around? Are you aware of sort of pockets of excellence in South Africa? Well, Richard, I, I definitely travel extensively. You know, my region is, is very large. And what I really love about these exams is that no matter where the talent is, uh, you can have access to these exams and you can develop that talent. So one tends to think of the big cities. But in reality, we offer exams across the country. And, and if there is a student who is talented, who is putting in the work, who is dedicated, they have absolutely the same opportunity as the students in the big cities, which are perceived to be the pockets of, of where it's all happening. And I seem to remember that there was a music school somewhere near you at Rhodes at Lady Grey. Wasn't there a music school there or an arts school? Or yes. Something? yes. Is it yes, still there? Yes, it there is. It's still there, uh, Richard. In fact, um, apparently they've got the most incredible organ in the church. And I always feel it needs to be played. So if anyone is an organist who wants to go and play in Lady Grey. Um, oh, well, we're just talking about the fact that there are pockets throughout South Africa where there is amazing teaching going on. Of course, I was born in Port Elizabeth. Most of our listeners know that because whenever Port Elizabeth comes up, I raise a shout for PE and I think that PE has some amazing music going on. Richard it absolutely does and I think also having a university which offers music and is producing um, some lovely teachers really helps in that department. So Port Elizabeth falls in my region and we we spend between four and six weeks there in our in our big session for, for the year of examining. 
And absolutely, there's amazing music happening in Port Elizabeth. Four to six weeks of examining. Yes. That's a lot of students. The other thing that I find particularly in Port Elizabeth is there are a lot of bands and ensemble groups. And I, I find it very distinctively in Port Elizabeth. And um, I, th I think, you know, when you have a group of students coming together, one thing we've picked up through the exams is the children that are part of a band, they, their sight reading tends to be very good. And, you know, these kind of things um, are wonderful ways to, to develop musical skills. So something just like playing in a band can develop your sight reading. And I think um, because there's so much happening in music, the students have a lot of opportunities to perform, develops their confidence, and it develops their ability. That's amazing. And so can they do exams with their bands as well? Or is that something else? They can definitely do exams with the bands. We also have a jazz ensemble exam, which we offer. Gosh, so these examiners have to be quite versatile then because they have to be able to do classical, all the instruments, jazz, choirs maybe? Uh, because you were telling me that a choir also entered from a directional point of view, I think it was, was it? You can enter a choir through the uh, diploma in direction, but we also have choral singing exams. So I know we will listen to um, one of the choirs which which has entered in this exam. These exams are slightly different. I think they're fantastic. They're more straightforward than people think. Uh, what is required is a warm-up with the choir and then three items. What is wonderful about this is it is completely up to your own choice. So if you wanted to sing in a traditional language, you're absolutely able to do that. It's not restricted to a specific repertoire of, of songs. So I think let's listen to the choir now. This was, I, if I'm correct, the KZN Youth Choir under Gerard Dutois. Yes, Richard. Here it comes. That was the KwaZulu-Natal Youth Choir, directed by Gerard Dutois. And uh, they were also doing, or he was doing an exam, or was the choir doing the exam? You know, with the choir exams, it, it's really a, a team effort, um, because our examiners are, they're examining the choir, but within the notes, there are so many wonderful um, insights which the conductor can take away with them. So it, it, it really is for the choir as a whole. So there you are. If you sing in a choir or you play an instrument and you would like to test yourself against international standards, then this is the way to do it. Now, if people want to do this, where do they go and how do they find out about it? Well, in South Africa, as we said at the very beginning, we have three local representatives. And that is what we are here for, Richard. We are, we are here to be contacted. Um, it's not a full-time job, so I know, for instance, Meg Twyford also teaches, and we can be contacted either by email or by phone. And uh, is there a website of ABRSM? Yes, we definitely have a website. Um, if you even just Google ABRSM, you will come to it. And what's important to remember there is we do offer exams in over 90 countries, so you need to choose uh, South Africa, which in the top right-hand corner, there's a little flag. So when you see the flag, you recognize you're in the right place. And 
more and more we are being directed to the website, um, especially now with this, this move online through lockdown and just the way that the world is going. Um, you know, the website is where you will find all the information. But at the same time, I, I always get phone calls from people, and that's exactly what we are here to do. We're here to answer questions, um, to speak with teachers if they want to know more or just want to find out um, what they should be doing or what they should try. We, that's exactly what we are here for, Richard. So we're talking about the Associated Board of the Royal Schools of Music with Bridget Harrison. She's my guest in People of Note. And we're going to hear three more young people play now, Elena Monvasa, Denise Selier, and Tiashan Moodley. That was three of the young people who've been part of the ABRSM Global High Scorers concert. And Bridget was telling us that South Africa did very well. You heard there Elena Monvasson, Denise Selier, and Tiashan Moodley. And we've got a couple more to come yet. Um, are you? Uh, how far ahead do people have to plan to take part in one of these exams? Generally, we find in South Africa that, that people begin at the beginning of the academic year and, and work through the year and want an assessment towards the end of the year. So our exams normally take place in August, September. One thing I have to mention, of course, Richard, is that we are moving online with a lot of these things. So it's quite new territory for all of us. Um, unfortunately, our examiners were not able to come to South Africa this year. But from next year, we will be offering um, exams online. And in fact, even a booking system, which will be online as well. Now, that's quite interesting because I know People have been teaching online, but there are many drawbacks to teaching online. So there's not the sort of one-on-one -on -one contact in the same way as in a live situation. And also there's uh, some technological problems with teaching online with delays and so on. So I'm quite interested to hear that they're going to examine online. And I wonder, I'm quite interested, or I will be quite interested to find out how they do things like ear tests, for example, online. Because... Uh, one of the big training aspects of the Associated Board is training the whole musician in ear training, technical, scales, uh, pieces, all of that thing, and general questions also. So it's going to be quite an interesting project to take it online. You know, the, the funny thing, Richard, is we've actually been developing an exam behind the scenes for a while now, which is an online exam. And before COVID-19 came on the scene, um, we were going to introduce these to run parallel with our graded exams, as everybody knows them, which takes place in a live situation. And what you have said is so true. To move online for musicians, there are some real challenges. And one of the challenges is the interactive aspect. Because like you say, the, the oral testing, it's interactive. The examiner asks questions and the students respond. But the exam that ABRSM have developed, it is called a performance grade. And this was always on, on the agenda to offer as an alternative to the graded exams. What this exam is, it is a, it's about performance. So what it consists of is a continual recording of four pieces, and that is what the exam is. 
So it's real. It's really focused on assessing performance. And ultimately, when the world returns back to normal, teachers will have the option of even either going down the graded exam route, as we know, or developing these performance skills and entering their students for the performance grade. It works really well in this situation um, because it's recorded. And so next year, that's definitely an option for anyone who wants to do an exam. There we are. So that's for people who want to do the associated board exams. We're going to hear three more students now. Luke Cable, Andy Stewart and Mila Clego. Those were three young South Africans who took part in the Global High Scorers concert for the Associated Board of the Royal Schools of Music, Luke Cable, Andy Stewart and Mila Clego. And I'm talking to Bridget Harrison, who is one of the representatives based, well, at the moment she's based in Rhodes, but of course doing more and more online. Now, these grades go from, I think, one to eight, and then a diploma. Is that right? Uh, yes, Richard. We, we have grades one to eight. In fact, we have even before grade one, if you just want to familiarize your student with the entire exam process and just kind of break the ice um, for the graded exams, which count for marks. We do have, for instance, a prep test, which is lovely for young children to take part in, and also initial exams, which have just been introduced. Then going beyond grade eight, we have a wonderful exam, which actually Matthew Perry entered, which is called the ARSM. Um, that's also a performance exam. It's a half an hour performance. And you can choose your repertoire from the grade eight or the diploma syllabus. So it gives quite a lot of lovely freedom. But beyond that, we, we have the diploma and then the licentiate and finally the fellowship. And of course, the licentiate is literally that. It's a license for you to teach or perform. It's like an official uh, document that you've got that you can then use in applying for jobs or whatever. You know, Richard, even if you do an ARSM, as Matthew did, you can use those letters after your name. And I'm starting to really realize the value in taking these international exams. Um, ABRSM, as I said earlier, we hold exams in, in over 90 countries worldwide. What that means is that if you take, if you move to one of these countries, people will recognize uh, their qualification, that they will have an understanding of of what exactly you've done and and the standard. So I feel very strongly that um, taking part in an international exam can really open doors for you uh, internationally. Well, there we are. It's a wonderful story. This is all about the Associated Board of the Royal Schools of Music, and we're going to play two more young performers now, Melanie Novak and Emerentia Siafart. Two young musicians, Melanie Novak and Emerentia Siafart, playing a scherzo by Brahms, and the first movement of the Spring Sonata by Beethoven. And we're getting towards the end of this interview now, which has been extremely interesting. We've been talking to Bridget Harrison, who is one of the representatives of three representatives in South Africa. And I was just want to pick up on one thing, uh, Bridget. You said that the examiners spend four to six weeks in Port Elizabeth, that's only one centre. Do we have the same examiners for the whole of South Africa? And if so, how long do they have to stay here? 
Well, typically an international tour for an examiner is six weeks. And I can speak for my region. I usually have three examiners. Jill, I think, has two. And Meg has three or four. Okay, so, so they, have, they do things independently of each other. And then maybe for more important exams, they come together. No, they don't. They're all Richard, individual. They're all individual. Um, but that means that they themselves, as examiners, you know, we, we get examiners who are... Um, they've gone through the ranks, let's say, and they can do what we call a solo tour. So we actually have outstanding examiners coming to South Africa for that very reason that they have to be able to examine uh, on their own. That's really interesting because I seem to remember I did these exams in way back in the 19, early 1970s. And I think for the diploma exams, we had two examiners. Uh, the grades were always a single examiner, but for the diplomas, I think we had two. So maybe the rules have changed uh, recently, probably for practical reasons. No, the rules haven't changed, actually. What happens in a diploma exam is they are recorded. Aha. So our examiner will examine them, and then that recording is taken back to London, where a specialist in that instrument will also examine it. Okay. So you're quite right. Uh, there are two examiners when it comes to the exams beyond grade eight. Okay, that that figures, but it's just got a bit more technological than when I was around. <laughs> it's got more technological. Yeah. Yes. Well, this has been a very interesting chat, and I just want to say thank you to you, Bridget, for coming on the program from Rhodes. And I think, if I wasn't mistaken, I heard the odd hardy dar doing an exam uh, as he was flying past your house during this as well. The bird life has just been incredible here, Richard. So, yes, I'm sure there would have been birds in the background. Well, it sounded great, and I would give them a distinction for crying out loudly. So there we are. You've been listening to People of Note on Classic 1027 with me, Richard Cock. And uh, until next time, from all of us here at Classic 1027, we say thanks for listening and have a good week. <laughs>